Welcome to another episode of the Jump Around with Blake Dudonis, my podcast on women's basketball. Continuing our Pac-12 journey today, I'm going to be talking to Arizona head coach Adia Barnes. Adia, a former Wildcat standout herself, went on to have a multi-year career in the WNBA and overseas, entering her third year as the head coach at her alma mater. And look, she took the program over, they were pretty bad, and they are still trying to work their way up into the Pac-12, but something her and her staff have been able to do is land some really good recruits. This freshman group right now that is on the team, highly ranked, several players that are ranked amongst the top 100 in the country, so they've got some talent there. They also have three transfers that were there last year that are now eligible to play this year. So we'll talk to her about her team, what they look like, how she feels. We'll talk about the struggles the program's had really since she left and and talk about what she thinks about that. We'll talk to her a little bit as as well about her time at Washington as an assistant. She was there for that Final Four run when Kelsey Plum and Chantel Osahort were there. So we'll talk to her about all that, and uh, yeah, we'll do it right now. This is The Jump Around. And we are back on the jump around, and joining me is Arizona head coach Adia Barnes. Coach, I appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule with the season right around the corner. Uh, for me, I, I can't believe the season's here. Are you having those similar feelings? Like, oh my gosh, we're we're ready to go. Oh, oh my gosh, Emma, it's happening so fast. It's like, I, I just can't believe it's here. And- <laughs> It's a time flies and you're having fun, so right. <laughs> definitely well, fly. Yeah, well, year two, uh, always uh, a little more manageable than than year one and then year three, but more than year two. So each year that you're there, I, I'm sure it becomes a little bit, I don't know if easier is the right word, but just you get settled a little bit more. I know you've talked about it a lot with your culture and how long it takes to get that established, but uh, for you, before I get into that, you were obviously a standout player at Arizona. What are some of the biggest differences that you've seen uh, coming back now as the head coach, uh, you know, looking back at your time as a player? What are the biggest changes that you've seen? Well, some, some of the biggest changes are, first of all, we never had facilities and stuff like they have today. So I get a little bit jealous here and there. Like, <laughs> we never had a stand in the locker, in the weight room. We never had, like, a luxurious um, you know, um, locker room, we had just like a little side closet, community <laughs> showers. So that's the first thing, a lot more money in um, women's sports than there were, you know, 20 plus years ago. But the other thing is, I think it, it's just, this generation is really different. So I remember us, you know, back in the day, you probably remember this. We would have like six a.m. to like six eight weeks straight, and we would get killed yeah. in the morning. It was like hard to walk yeah. the class. <laughs> and there's so many more, um, so many more, parameters and rules it's just a lot different and I think that you know the level of um expectations entitlement toughness it's really different than it was when I was growing up really different <laughs> yeah definitely yeah good good changes for the athletes but I know it does it leaves you a little a little jealous I understand yeah. <laughs> um with your career path it, it's been in coaching, I mean, it's been quick. I mean, you uh, you you, yeah. you play in the WNBA, you play overseas, and then you get in at Washington as an assistant for a while, and now you're a head coach at the Pac-12. Like, my goodness, that's that is yeah. the fast track. It, 
Have have you had a chance to breathe since you started? What's it been like kind of diving in at the top level of the game since you started? It was hard. I think for me, um, you know, I played so long, and I was always, a, I was never a great player. I was a role player who kind of found my way and all, made a good career out of it because I just worked hard and was a good teammate. Um, so that kind of, I was fortunate there. And then for me, when I first started coaching, I didn't, I didn't apply for jobs. So I, I knew I wanted to go back to Seattle. I had lived in a suitcase for 13 years as a pro. And I had a base in Seattle. I had a foundation. I played pro there. I did TV and radio there for 10 years. So I knew I wanted to go back there. So when I heard McGuff got the job and then McGuff called me, it was just, it was great. But I went into coaching not knowing if that's what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. The tax club network was getting ready to start. I thought I, thought I would possibly do that. If I didn't love coaching, there was a lot of options. So I said, I'm going to try coaching, and I was I wanted to do it, you know, under a guy like McGuff. Um, but if I knew that if I didn't like it after a couple of years, I wasn't going to do it. Because I worked hard enough to kind of put myself in a position where I wasn't, like, scraping to just, you know, pay the bills. So I yeah. had time to figure out what I wanted at 30-plus years old. So for me, I did it. Um, I remember I didn't even ask the salary. I didn't even know what my salary was when I first got hired. That's I didn't even ever ask. <laughs> because it wasn't a it, – no, it wasn't important to me. It was – being in Seattle, it was yeah. where I had the base, and it was starting under someone great. And I think all the other things just fell into place. And then McGuff left after a couple of years, went to Ohio State, his dream job. You know, neighbors, I had worked with Coach Neighbors, who's just incredible. Yeah. So I had the opportunity to stay with him. And then it did, it did kind of come fast. And I wasn't looking to be a head coach at that time. I was I just had a baby. He was seven months old. And then I, you know, I had, obviously, you always want to come to your, back to your alma mater. Mm-hmm. But um, I didn't know that that was a reality or a possibility. And then the phone call came, and it just kind of happened since then. Yeah. From there. With your alma mater, you had success there as a player. And there there were some successful seasons after that. But it's it's been a while, right? It's been a while since the program yeah. has been successful on a meaningful level. Um, obviously, not to this is not an indictment on, on anyone who coached there prior to your stay. Yeah. But what are some of the challenges that the school faces, that the program faces, that you think has made it difficult and that you're facing right now as you continue to try to rebuild? Well, I think the hardest thing at first was, I think if you look at the history of the program since we left, a lot of really tough things have happened. You know, the death of Pokey, yeah. um, just that really crushed the program. It was kind of on this, Joan Bomasini had it on this roll to, for success. So that kind of hurt the program. And then, you know, young head coaches coming in. So sometimes that's always a challenge. It takes time. It's cyclical. It goes down and up, and that's just college basketball. I think um, one of the challenges and why I wanted to make sure that everything is right before I took this job was, to me, not every head coaching job is a good job. And so I wasn't just going to take every job. Of course, you look hard at your alma mater. But for me, the most important was, do I have great leadership? And I had great leadership here with Greg Byrne, and now I have great leadership with Dave Hickey. Do they support women's basketball? Because we know how big men's basketball is here and football. Mm-hmm. But men's basketball has been successful since Lute Olsen days, and now Sean Miller. So I didn't want to just be like the other sports that no one supports. So that was the other thing. Are they going to give us resources? Do we have facilities? All those things I knew to look at they make this a good job. Um, I knew it wasn't going to be the highest paying job in the castle. I knew I was going to be the youngest head coach. I knew the least experience when I first got the job. But I felt like I had enough other experience to be successful with all the resources and support. And for me here, I'm big on support and, and having a chance to succeed. And 
here I had that. Erica Barnes used to play softball, you know, when I was here. Um, Susan Mason was she's my, also one of my bosses. She was in a different role. A lot of the, the development people that are friends, they're now administrators. So I knew I had built in support in so many different areas with at least like 10, 12 administrators here. And so I knew that I had I had support there. And that was really important to me because I don't think you can be successful if you don't have support. So some of the challenges here were we hadn't been good in a long time. Yeah. I mean, this, this program had struggled for about almost a decade <laughs> so uh, or at least eight years. So for me, it's like the, another question I asked for success was, can we recruit here? And I, it, it's a challenge, and so a lot of stuff was, oh, it's really hard to recruit. Well, I knew I was a good recruiter. So I knew that I was going to be able to recruit and use, you know, use connections and stuff. So, But I had to make sure, do we have the money to recruit? Are we going to invest money in that? So all of those things, um, and I, and then, I, you know, I wouldn't have taken a job if those things weren't in place. Yeah. Because yeah. I knew, I knew the challenges and I knew of what was hard and what, what kind of adversity was here. Yeah. Well, you've, you knew what you were getting into and yeah, it's still tough, right? It's so you, you go for 14, 16 year one, you go 16 and 24 last year and you guys are still you still sign a top 10 class in the country, so you guys are getting it done. I, I just wonder first, though, my first question is, coming from a program at Washington who was so successful, you were winning so much games, I imagine it had to be difficult uh, flipping that, right, and struggling to get those wins. And I just wonder, what are what is that? I hate to ask you to do this, but like, what does one of those tough days look like? What like Take me into those frustrations, because I, I just ha- I can't imagine it's, it's, I have to imagine it's pretty difficult. Very difficult. I think um, one of the hardest things from coming from Washington and just going on the Final Four run um, was just the type of players. So I'm not saying success or not or talent. I'm saying mentality. So when you come from like a Kelsey Plum, Shanta Osahar, Katie Collier, and like kids that work and that are determined to be great and um, like are working for us a big goal. So Kelsey Plum, like, she didn't come in as the highest rated. She was like a top 30 hitter. Top, maybe she was like 35th to Washington. But she had that mentality that, oh, I'm going to bring this team to where it needs to go. We're going to win. And so you don't find players like her. Chantel was such a smart player, one of the smartest basketball players I've ever been around. I've been around a lot of great players. Just mm. such a high basketball IQ that studied the game. So I came from that to coming here, and the culture was bad. And the mentality, and like we were had a losing mentality. Like even I can say honestly, even around us, there was no expectations. There was no like thought into marketing. So I came here and I was like, okay, this is what I expected. I know people like I probably like I probably rubbed a lot of people the wrong way, and I didn't care because I wasn't coming here just to come here. I wasn't coming here to stay eleventh or twelfth in the Pac twelve. So you know that was my expectation. So I was like turning some wheels in the beginning and you know like it was hard and I think for me it was kind of like well how do we go somewhere if we don't like have goals and aspirations so it was like I mean the year before I came here they had had like one visit and so that first year here we had 29 and I'm talking unofficial and official so for me it was just kind of like like you know, I'm going to be career. And I think some of that was a situation. It was hard. People think there's going to be changes. They're not coming. I get all that. So I, I, it was a very tough situation. 
But for me, it was just kind of like, okay, well, I knew the culture had to change. The culture wasn't anything like the culture I just came from. And some of that was just the, the system, and some of that was just the situation. It's, it's not always easy. And, and usually there's, you know, it's a tough situation where else the job's not open. Yeah. Um, so I knew that the culture was, was just not where it needed to be. Um, and so that was the most important thing. And the first year was easier because there were seniors, and they were hungry for change. So they followed me and played hard for me. And I actually loved coaching. Um, I loved coaching them because they weren't my kids, but, like, I wanted them to know they're my kids because I'm here. And so they played their hearts out, and I and it was it was a fun year. Everybody told me my second year was going to be my hardest. It was the hardest year I've ever had in my life, um, as far as like you know professionally. And I never lost so much. I mean, winning six games was brutal. Yeah, um, I knew it was going to be hard. I didn't think it was going to be that hard. And so, um, but then I, I also made some decisions that that would, were going to affect us. So I made decisions to make changes to not keep certain players. And I made those conscious decisions, knowing it was going to hurt, but knowing I had to do it to have to change the culture. Mm. So I was fine with that. Yeah. I remember a couple of administrators said, "Hey, are you sure you want to? You're only going to play with this many people." And I said, "You know what? I'll get seven more walk-ons if I have to, then deal with some of this stuff." Yeah. So I didn't care. So I knew it was going to be hard, but it was still harder when I did it. Yeah. And then, like, we just work. Like, I have a great staff. I have people that believe in the vision, they believe in what we're doing, and all the players that we recruited, they all wanted to be a part of something special, so they all came here being sold on a vision because we had not had success in a long time. Yeah. So think about that. We sold the vision, and they believe in it. That's why they came here, so I, I was happy, and I knew we'd find the kids. I didn't think we'd get like a, I think at one time it was ranked second and fifth or top ten, whatever it ended up being, yeah. but... I didn't think we'd get that kind of class this early, but I was happy because these kids want to go to war with me, and I love it. Well, that's what's so interesting in that you guys were able to get that recruiting class while struggling. Because if you go down the list of the rest of those, you know, the, the other schools in the top fifteen in the rankings, it's 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 Tennessee, it's UConn, it's Mississippi State, it's South Carolina, it's all these schools that have had success. Um, so yeah, whatever whatever you guys are selling, clearly. Clearly, the kids are buying it. So, kudos to you guys. Um, I know the the kind of the headliner for you guys in in that class is is there now, and I know you've talked about her and how you've been impressed. But in uh, Reese, and so if you could tell us about her a little bit and some of those other newcomers um, for people who who don't know but are going to find out pretty soon about them. So for me, culture is everything, um, and I think some of the challenges were we didn't get one player. Uh, she ended up, she had some family difficulties, the Italian five-star kids. That kind of hurt us because I was planning on having her. She was someone who really stressed the defense. Her name was Valeria Trucco. She ended up not coming and staying pro. If she had a sick family member, her father was deathly ill. And yeah, he actually passed I remember away reading last about month. that, yeah. So she made a decision to stay, which I really respected and supported. So that was hard because she'd have been great with Kate Reese. Now, Kate Reese, we, uh, to me, in this program, culture is everything. It is the most important thing. It is fundamental for success, and it is what I value, and we work on it every single day. So it is that important to me. Kate Reese is one of those players that helps change the culture. I'm not talking about basketball. I'm talking about mentality. I'm talking about who she is as a person. I'm talking about bringing it every day, loving it, you know, wanting to break all my records. Those are the kids I love to coach. Hmm. That's who she is. So she brings that like to this program. Every day she's diving on floors. She's out working people, and that's what I want. And I'm going to find some more of, of Kate Reese's yeah. because I like that. And that's what that's how I love to coach players like that. So um, 
but she just does that. Um, she's competitive, and it's funny because she'll say, "I want to break your records," and I'm like, "I know you do. Like, I want her." To. <laughs> um, but I love that she's just outgoing. She she's great to be around. She cares about recruiting because she knows it's important. She wants other good players. So all of those things are important to for success. I think you have a great program when your players can recruit other good players. Yeah. Um, and then we have Bryce Nixon, who's a great addition. She's an in-state kid. I knew that. Um, you know, I have a philosophy on recruiting. So one of my philosophies is you need to recruit in your geographical footprint. You need to recruit players in your region. You need to try to keep your in-state kids home. I mean, that's that's what you want to do. Sure. So, um, you know, getting Bryce in-state was good for us. Um, she's a great kid. She brings a lot. Her parents are a couple hours away. So that was, I value that. And then Shalise, um Smith, she's a player that I recruited at Washington. I've known her since seventh, eighth grade. And I was recruiting her for years when I was there. So I think if I would have stayed at Washington, I think she would have probably came to Washington. But she really liked what we were doing here and wanted to be a part of it. So I was happy to bring her here to Arizona. And then um, Samaje, she's from Long Beach. I actually have known her mother and her godmother and I were teammates in the WNBA. Hmm. So a lot of connections that kind of bring you back to a yeah. lot of these kids. With some of the... So you have those newcomers, but they're still freshmen, right? So they're still, uh-huh. you know, we know freshmen can be <laughs> the ones that really drive you nuts. But you also, yeah, they do. you have three transfers that are eligible this year. And you've talked about it again to, to other people at Media Day and whatnot. But uh, the impact of them, because it's it's they're new to the program, but they aren't new to this college basketball thing. So what's the importance of having three, quote unquote, newcomers who actually know what they're doing? It's it's awesome. I remember last year, you know, we won six games. So game two, you know, winning like uh, the stint, we were losing a lot of games in the big chunk. <laughs> I remember looking down the bench sometimes like, Oh my gosh. Like, I wish they could play now. But then being optimistic that they play the next year, I also remember sitting in practice multiple times last year and saying, God, this team is kicking our blank, you know? Yeah. They're really kicking our butt every day in practice, but it's making us better. So having their experience, their, um, they all have won. That's a, that's a tremendous value for me. Um, Ari has played next to Kelsey Plum, next to Chantel. She's gone to the tournament. She's been to the Final Four. She she knows how to win. Um, so having her to develop for a year, helping us on up the court, mentor the younger kids, was very valuable. T.T. Starks, you know, she played a lot. She was on a tournament team. She played 20 minutes a game at Iowa State. She just, she knows how to win, too. She won multiple championships in high school. So she's a winner. Um, she works hard. She's a great defender. So she brings us value in that way. Um, Dominique McBride. As another player, you know, honorable mention, all-conference, has won, has played a lot, been a part of a really good program, so she knows what winning's like, too. So they just bring so much off of the court also that really helped this program. So I'm just excited to see them, you know, play in the Pac-12 and just play again, and they're all very hungry. They set out for a year, and it was very hard for all three of them. I mean, there was multiple times, you know, tears in my office and frustration and wishing they could play. So now they get to play, and I'm just excited to see it. Yeah, for sure. And last uh, last night, right, was their first uh, actual action, or Monday. You guys uh, had an uh, exception on, on Monday. Monday. Yeah, um, Yeah, Monday. How, obviously, you well, for people who don't know, I say obviously, but exhibition against Eastern New Mexico, you guys won 88 to 31. And 
obviously that game is built in there with the intention of getting your your flow, uh, if for lack of a better word. How did you feel uh, about it? How did it how did it look with all those players out there in a in a uniform and actually getting to play? Good. I mean, Titi had been out for like a year and a half. Had like she had surgery in the off season, so I gave her some extended chunks of minutes at some time. And it was good to see her play again. She just helps us so much, locks people down defensively. Aerie just is so dynamic. She changes the game. She's fast, athletic. Um, she just makes us push the ball more and just does so many things you can't teach just because she's gifted. Yeah. Um, so I was happy to see her play. And then Dominique, she hadn't played in a year also. So good to see her finally more healthy. Her body completely changed in the off season. So She's going to be a solid player for us. They're all going to contribute tremendously. Yeah. Um, we have another exhibition game, which isn't a great indication because like, we should win this exhibition game. But um, I think that just having them put on a uniform and play for us is just special. And it kind of gets the jitters out before it really counts yeah. in a week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You guys open up Friday uh, at home against Idaho State with – with you entering year three, and again, this is something you've talked about, it takes five, six years to actually build a program. For you going into year three, what is what does this look like for you? What do you what's your what are you envisioning in year seven, eight, nine, ten for Arizona? What what does this look like if, if everything goes, you know, the way that you are pushing it to go? Well, I mean, I for sure um, you know, I think that the culture will be where I want to, but I think you know, talking to Corey and talking to, um, you know, Scott Rook and you know, asking, like, how long did it take you? It takes, like, six years. Because mm-hmm. um, culture takes time. And you think about in year three, I still don't have all of my players. So year four will be the first year with all the players I recruited. Mm-hmm. And that's four years. And you think about it, most head coaches have a five-year contract. <laughs> yeah, it's true. So that, I find that interesting. I'm like, wow, it takes, like, four years. Yeah. To get all your kids in and buy your contract, that's interesting to me. Yeah. <laughs> and I never thought about stuff like that because I don't really care. I just did my thing. Yeah. But, you know, when you sit back and think about the big picture, it's like, wow, it takes time. And, it's, and it is hard. Like, until you're a head coach, winning is hard. When you're an assistant coach, it's hard. But you're not, like, and I hate to say this, but I was very vested in all my all jobs, right? Mm-hmm. But you are way more vested, and there is a different level in your head coach. It is not comparable. So, and I, and if you don't understand that, so you're in these shoes. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, because everything is on you, every decision, you make about 50 more decisions per day. They impact a lot of people. Mm. So, and it's just harder. It's not the basketball, it's everything else. Sure. I mean, basketball is a rocket science. Right. So it's yeah. everything else. And it's just, I've gotten so much better from my first year to now, just how much I've grown in two years. It's been tremendous. I'm not saying like you don't like and that didn't become some expert overnight. I'm just saying change yeah. in my style, change in what bothers me, change in what's stressful, change in like what I tweak from this year, you know, last year to this year. Yeah. All those things. So for me, um, I'm not here to stay where we are and I really don't feel we will be. Mm. Yes, I mean we're picked I think tenth this year. Um I for me I don't care about that stuff. I could care less. I'm going to know I'm going to recruit my butt off. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to continue to get better. And I'm always improving. My staff's always evolving. Our, our marketing, everything's always evolving here because that's who I am. I'm just never complacent. Um, and I expect to be at the top. And I think that I don't see why in a few years we can't be. Um, 
you know, and I, and I think that every job, I think that every program, you're going to have, it's going to be, you're going to sometimes go top, you're going to stop, but I used to do that with, like, Stanford's a rare um, exception because she yes. just stays at the top. That's yes. just Tara Vanderbilt. Yes. She's just that incredible. Yes. But usually it's kind of like, it's a look at, I look at UCLA, I look at Oregon, I look at Oregon State. You know, it takes a few years, and then it's it now maintaining that's even harder. Mm-hmm. But I don't feel... Um, that we can't do that. I feel like we have the resources, we have the support, I have the coaching staff. I feel like we're just going to slowly get better and better. This year you'll see an improvement from last year, for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, you're, you're going to see everything, then you're going to, I think we'll just keep on chipping away. And that's my expectation. I Hopefully I'm right, um, you know, <laughs> yes. but I'm going to put the work in to do it. <laughs> I yeah. mean, I don't know, I just, I don't feel, I'm just the type of person, I don't feel that that's not possible. I don't, I don't know if that's just me, and it's not a it's not a cocky or confident thing. It's a I'm going to work hard enough to make that happen. Yeah, and I'm going to try to figure out a way. So it's not a yeah. Will we ever be number one in country? I don't know, but it's like I'm going to work hard. I know we're going to get better every year, and we're going to improve, and we're going to find a way. Well, it's interesting because you you do you sound so optimistic, and it 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 sounds genuine. But uh, if I if I take you back to those tough times. Um, was there was there ever was there ever a low moment where you're like my gosh like we are terrible this is never gonna work and then was there a like light switch where you're like no actually we are good you know was there ever a moment that it just kind of you're like you know what I know we're struggling right now but I feel good or is that just kind of something that's instilled in you? Well, there's been like a thousand of those moments since I got the job. <laughs> like there's probably been 150 of those moments. I remember when I first got here, I was like, what the heck. I remember sitting there like, why did I take this job? <laughs> what? Right. What am I doing? Yeah, here? I, yeah I said that many times. Because some of the stuff I was dealing with, I was like, you can't make this stuff up. I remember calling friends like, like, are you serious? And oh, hang in there, you'll be fine. I'm like, wow. <laughs> you know, it's like stuff that was just shocking to me. I just wasn't used to certain things and yeah. who I am and like the culture, just a lot of things I just wasn't used to. I saw a lot of things that I didn't think I'd see as a coach. But I just was, you know, a couple times my first year, not a couple times. I'd say over a dozen. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. But then, like, what I'm doing here, why? You know, like, frustration, I think. But that's normal. Yeah. And every head coach goes through it. And we, I would talk through it with certain friends. I have a handful of friends I talk to. They're head coaches at different places. They're former head coaches. And I remember last year, like, sitting there and thinking, like, you know, how is this possible? Like, I knew it was going to be hard. I didn't know it was going to be that hard. Yeah. I didn't ever envision, oh, we're only going to win six games. I didn't even think, like, that was a possibility, you know? Right. But then, like, and there was a lot of games that I went into, like, you know, there's no way we're going to have a shot at this game. Not because the kids weren't going to try, because we didn't have the personnel. We didn't have, like, I have a three playing the five. against. I have a 5'11", 160-pound girl guard in Anigwe. Like, it was going to be <laughs> yeah, very not hard work out. to try to win the out. game. Like, do you know what I mean? So I remember sitting there thinking, like, it's just, like, a lot of this isn't realistic. And you don't ever go into a game thinking you're going to lose, but just thinking, like, this will be, like, a very tough game. <laughs> yeah. So I don't like those feelings. And so it makes me work harder. It makes me hungrier. I'm a competitor. I was not a great player, but I worked my butt off. So I do the same thing as a coach. Like, I'm, I don't plan on feeling that way too many more times. Yeah. So what do I do? I got to figure it out. I got to find a way. You got to pick yourself up and you figure it out. And you do the best you can because for me at the end of the day, if I do everything that I possibly can to be successful, 
And if I work, if I work hard, if I'm doing the right things, I'm doing things the right way. To me, success always happens. Yeah. If you do those things, if you don't do it the right way, you do it quick. It usually doesn't last. So you find the way you're, you're a good person. You do the right things. You build something special that's meaningful. You care about the kids. You develop these young women. You do all those things. The winning comes and it takes care of itself. In my opinion, that's what I believe. Yeah. Yeah, well, and by the way, you were you were a great player. You averaged 19 points and oh. eight rebounds a game. I mean, that's pretty good, uh, just, for, just to be clear. But I wasn't skilled. You know, I, I wasn't skilled. I just worked my butt off. And, you know, Kate, Kate, I, there's a lot of, like, me and Kate, for sure. Yeah. Like, it may be ugly sometimes. You just figure out, you're like, what the heck? But they just put her head down and go, that's how I was, yeah. like, competitive like that. So I love that. I, I respect that. Hey, real quick, let's, let's play a trivia game. How many career three-pointers did Adia Barnes have in her collegiate career? Like one. <laughs> Probably like three. I don't know. Is three your final answer? I, well, no, it's probably, I hope it's a couple more than that. I'd say like eight. Oh, man, it was three. Was it three? three was it only three? Yeah, three for 15. God, that's awful. I mean. So looking back, I would have worked a lot harder on my three points. <laughs> That would have helped my game a lot, though. Seriously, I mean, that would have, yeah, you would have scored twenty five a game, but alas, <laughs> yes, you you hit one every season except your sophomore year. <laughs> that's just embarrassing. That's, that's a Jones great fault. stat. Are you kidding me? That's the greatest. That's the greatest stat ever. Like I hit a three every year. <laughs> like what's what's good? Yeah, that's that's an awful stat. <laughs> only only a three, but I hit a three. Um, <laughs> that's just embarrassing. It's okay. I, I we'll, we'll let it go. Thanks for putting me on blast on the podcast. Yeah, you're welcome. I, I would say I'd, I'll edit that part out, but I won't. So I'm not gonna lie. To you. Yes, I'll be honest with you. Uh, last last thing for you, and then I'll get you out of here. You said that you guys are gonna be different. You're gonna look different. I always like to give the coaches a chance at the end to kind of speak on their team a little bit. So for anyone who, you know, only knows you guys by the standings or and and doesn't know you and just goes, "Ah, Arizona, yeah, they're at the bottom of the conference, whatever." You know, what what would you say to the casual fan who doesn't know anything about you, who who hasn't watched you guys play a lot? What what can they expect from your program? What would, you know, what message would you like to put out there about your team? Well, I think the first thing is, um, you know, at the end of the day, we're, this is women's basketball special. I think that if you look at what we're doing at Arizona, we are doing something special. And it would take one day of you being here to feel that and realize that. And I think that's why we've been able to recruit the kind of caliber kids we are. But for me, the most important thing that I can do every day is I can help mentor and change these young women's lives. So it's not about most of these women aren't going to go play pro. It's like 1%. But I know that they're going to get better. They're going to be the best basketball player they could be under me. They're going to learn and develop off the court. They may not like it. They may not understand it. They may not appreciate it. But in 10 years, they'll call me. And they'll say, thank you, just like I did to Joan. So I, I believe that we're the best in the country at that. I know that developing holistically is what we do, and it's what we do a great job of. And I know that. And that's something I'm going to say, okay, I can't. I may not, you know, be great in one thing, but I know I'm great in that. And I think, um, you know, we, we believe in development. So we're going to develop you off the court. We're going to develop you on the court. You're going to get better. And if you look at our team, if you look from the beginning of the year to the end, our players improve and we value skill development. So if you want to be a part of those kind of things, you come to Arizona and it's not for everybody. It's not for everybody to be a part of something 
that takes time and it's hard and that you have to work through. But the players I have want to do that. They want to leave a legacy, and that's what they're made for, and that's why they come here. Yeah, well, we'll certainly we'll, we'll be keeping an eye on you guys throughout the season. Again, November 4th, or excuse me, November 9th, which is a Friday. I was about to say Friday and said 4th instead. <laughs> My F-words. But November 9th, uh, Idaho State, and then you guys go Tuesday at home on the 13th against Loyola Marymount. And uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me and being so honest and open about your program. And I really do wish you guys the best of luck going forward. Sure. Thank you for having me. Thanks again to Adia Barnes, head coach at Arizona, for joining me. You know, the rebuild process is one that is difficult, but it is possible. I mean, you look at the Pac-12 right now, they're being run by a team that got rebuilt in Oregon. So uh, certainly it's it's there for the taking. Uh, just give her a little bit of time. I think she'll, she'll get things rolling. Thank you for listening, as always. You can listen on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play. If you listen to iTunes... If you could leave a rating and a review, that would be greatly appreciated. You can find me on Twitter at Blake Dudonis with your comments or thoughts or whatever else. And yeah, until next time, this is the Jump Around.